Amen. So it happened again a few days ago. I was in the car with my wife, and we were going to Glens Falls. I think it was connected to the birth of our grandbaby. But I asked that very loaded question, and the question goes like this. And you probably know this question. So what do you want to eat? I asked that question to my wife quite a bit. Her response is always, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And so back and forth. Have you ever been through this before? Back and forth we go. It's just this conversation goes on like after a half hour of talking about it finally we end up at wendy's or something there you know by by the right aid there you know where that is in glens falls but here's a question for you is it possible with all that bantering back and forth and those questions about where we're going to eat that god knew exactly where we would end up does it even matter to god which restaurant restaurant you go to it's a true life story this just happened to me so i was actually in florida and I was picking up a family member from the hospital, my mom actually, and I was kind of in a rush. I was in the middle of this world leadership conference in Florida and, and trying to take a break and trying to free up my wife so she could go to some meetings. I was trying to relieve her. And I remember thinking, well, I think should I stop for lunch? I'm going to miss lunch. And so I stopped at a fast food place. And uh, no sooner had I sat down, I thought, now I get 10 minutes of quiet. This is going to be so good. You know, it's, it just gets so, life gets so busy. I just get a break, get to, get to breathe and eat lunch. And, uh, you know, enjoy a Diet Coke or something. And then in the booth across from me, I saw this man with his, his head in his hands. And when he pulled his hands away, I saw there were tears streaming down his face. I thought, oh, my word. Here, I was hoping for uh, just 10 minutes, Lord. That's all I wanted. I said, sir, can I help you? You look like you, you've got some concerns. He said these words to me. I'll never forget. He said, sir, I have no hope. I thought, all right, Lord, I'm very convicted. Thank you for putting me in this place. You knew that I was going to be here today. And what a joy to share the hope that that man could have. He's a mechanic, kind of at wit's end, but he needed Jesus. And what a joy to share the hope. And God knew exactly that in my choosing, my last-minute choice to slip into this place, God knew I was going to be there. That's interesting. I, I love the special music this morning. Thanks for singing that because it really goes along with what I want to share today. I've been studying for a year now, believe it or not, an entire year on the omniscience of God. The fact that God is all-knowing. I've had the joy of speaking all year long in chapels and different conferences, and so I thought I would share some things that I've been learning. And so back to that question, did it, did it really matter to God that I showed up on that particular day at this restaurant? You know, maybe you've wondered on a broader scale, does anyone really care about the details of your life? Well, you've already heard from Psalm 139. That's our text this morning, Psalm 139. Because this incredible section of verses here, what it does is it provides us with, I think, incredible encouragement and the answers that we need as we walk through life. It's almost like this psalm is almost like climbing to the top of a tall mountain here in the Adirondacks, like Marcy or going up to Whiteface or something. You can drive up that one, right? But this chapter gives us a breathtaking view from the top. It's a window into what God knows and what he sees. And so I know we've just read, I'd like to read the text again, and I want you just to kind of keep in mind here, this is a very personal text for the psalmist, because look at how many times he actually uses the word me and my and, and I. It's pretty, it's very personal for him. Here's what it says. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. 
You comprehend or understand my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. And so as I mentioned already, what comes into view, at least in this part of this text, is God's omniscience. And you probably know from your own study, as you think about this word omniscience, it comes from two Latin words, omni and science. And so omni means all and science means knowledge. And so you put it together and it gives you the idea that God knows everything. That is a truth. You can bank on that. God knows everything. He knows what's happened in the past. He knows what's going to happen in the future. He knows what's happening right now. And I love the fact that God is never surprised or amazed. Don't you love that? He never says, wow, I can't believe that just happened. No, God knows everything. He's completely aware of all. David Leggy writes this. He says, God's omniscience means there has never been a time when anything was unknown to God. It means there will never be a time when he will not possess full, perfect, and absolute knowledge. Now, as David writes these words, and of course we know he was guided by the Holy Spirit of God, he really comes to an important realization. You know what the realization is? It's very simple. It's, God, wow, you really know me. Now, how well does God know you? Well, don't forget that he created you. Just seeing my grandbaby over the last couple of days, it's amazing just to think about the complexity of our human bodies. Matter of fact, you may not know I was actually pre-science or pre-medicine in, in college. I took a lot of anatomy and biology and chemistry and all that kind of good stuff. But it's amazing to think about our human bodies. Dr. John Medina, who is a Ph.D. in molecular biology, he said this, the average human heart pumps over 1,000 gallons a day of blood. That's over 55 million gallons in a lifetime. He said your heart never stops beating, beating 2.5 billion times in a lifetime. That is a lot of times. Talk about the details of our lives. To write out the information contained in just one cell in your body would actually take 300 volumes, each one of those volumes 500 pages thick. And get this, the human body contains enough DNA, that's that information that the code in our bodies, if it were stretched out, it would actually circle the sun 260 times. Is that crazy or what? Now think about that God has made us, the creator of the universe, and he knows every aspect of our lives, of our bodies. And I was thinking too, I've been thinking a lot about this text in light of what's happening in our family, but Psalm 139 verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. You know, God not only knows the physical makeup of our, our bodies, but he, of course, knows what's happening in our minds and our hearts. And so get this, when we make a decision to do the right thing, but with the wrong motivation, he knows it, right? When my attitude is not right, and no one else knows it. God knows it. And so as you get into this text here, it's amazing. This first few verses here, David begins to unpack, I think, the depth of, of God's knowledge of him. There's four realizations that David comes to, and they're very simple, but I think very important as we walk through our, our lives 
and journeys here, right here in this, in this life. Number one, God knows every move I make. You ever thought about that? God knows every single move that you make. He says again in verse 2, You know my sitting down and my rising up. And so David's choice of words here is actually intended to cover every aspect of our lives. Every activity, no matter how mundane or trivial we might think they be, it, it, it covers everything. God knows it all. I have a friend, I think he's kind of crazy, but last year he actually decided to record or kind of uh, document his time. This is over 365 days in 15-minute increments. I mean, he had to be nuts to do that, right? But that's what he did. And he, he did this and kind of put all these different increments, time increments, into 20 predefined categories and measure them against a time budget. And so you can imagine, I've seen his chart on social media. It is absolutely crazy. I mean, talk about detail. I don't want to know about that kind of stuff, frankly. It's not something I, I ever plan to do. But you think about what God knows of us. He knows us down to the, the millisecond, every detail of our lives. He knows when I'm engaged in an activity. He knows when I'm passive and everything that happens in between. And frankly, that's very encouraging to me. In fact, as we think about God's knowledge of us, it should be incredibly encouraging. The fact that God is intimately interested in the details of our lives, it blows my mind. So we know what Jesus says in Matthew 10, where he talks about the very hairs of our head are numbered. What an incredible thing. For me, it's getting a lot less, but... It's amazing that God would know as we move and we lose hair. God knows about it. Do not fear, he says, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. And so David says, God knows every move that I make. Number two, God knows every thought that I think. It says in verse two, you understand my thought afar off. I did a little research and there's a university called the Queen's University in Canada. And they figured out that the average person has about 6,200 unique thoughts every single day. That, my friends, is a lot of thinking. The National Science, found out, found out, uh, Science Foundation found out that 80% of our thoughts each day are negative. That's not so good. It's very convicting. And get this, 95% of them are actually repetitive from the day before. And so as you begin to think about our, how our minds work, the truth is that our thoughts are made up of Sometimes good things, sometimes not so good things. Our thoughts are crazy, they're repetitive. Of course, many times very sinful, right? Donald Williams writes this. He says, God doesn't just know what we think. He understands what we think. And so think about that. Here is our God. We know him to be our almighty God. He is over everything. He is high and lifted up, as it says in Isaiah 57, but still he knows and he discerns every question, every emotion, every idea, anxiety, and motivation that we have. We're like an open book to God. And he has complete access to every single thought that we could ever have, all 6,200 of them plus. <clears throat> so David's saying, God knows every move that I make, every thought that I have. Here's another one. God knows every place I go. Every place I go. Verse 3. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. 
So I thought about this. I was thinking about my iPhone yesterday, and I know that my kids have iPhones as well. And so one of the features that I kind of like as a dad is the fact that those phones have the, uh, the find a phone feature. You know, and so if, if you have that app, what it means is those, those, those that you're connected with, you can actually kind of see where they're at, at least more or less. And so my daughter was coming home from break from Cedarville, and so I thought this would be kind of fun. She's giving me access to her phone so I could actually track her coming along, you know, 90 and so on. Kind of lost her on Route 8, but, but nonetheless, <laughs> she's coming this way. But what I found was there were times where I would track her and see where she's at, and it would kind of pause for like a half hour. Before, and I'm like, man, did she break down? What's happening? You begin to wonder. And the, the, she got home safely, but a worried dad. But nonetheless, I learned that there are significant lags in the Find My Phone app. They don't always know exactly where you are. But that's not true with God. Our all-knowing God. There are no gaps. There are no lags. He knows exactly where you are at all times. I love this little word here in the Hebrew. It's, it, it's transliterated. Actually, it comes out to the word comprehend here in this text. <clears throat> in the original language, it's really the idea of, of winnowing or sifting. And so you probably know with grain or with corn, back in this time, they would take a, a scoop of some type, maybe a shovel of some type, and they would kind of throw the, the grain or the corn in the air. And the wind would come and it would blow the chaff, blow the kind of the junk out of the way, and you'd be left with your grain or with your corn. That's really the idea, the sifting process. And so the idea here is that God knows precisely where you all, where you are. He knows what you're doing. He knows why you're doing it. He knows when you're with your family and friends. He knows when you're in your car. He knows when you're alone in bed. He knows when you're out on a hike somewhere, playing golf, whatever it is. He knows it. Knows everything about you. Knows why you're doing it. David takes it even a step further, realizing that God not only knew exactly where he was at all times, but God also knew every word that he spoke. It says in verse 4, For there is not a word on my tongue, <clears throat> but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Reminder that God not only understands what you say, even before you say it, but he also understands why you're about to say it, the motivation behind it, the intent. Kind of reminds me of my mom, who's still living in Scroon Lake. But growing up, it just seemed that she had this sense for knowing what I was about ready to say before I even said it. Maybe moms you can identify. Maybe kids you can identify, right? I'd just get ready to say a word. She'd say, Stop! I know what you're about ready to say. I'm like, you don't know what I'm about ready to say. Yes, I do. And she would somehow know the, the motivation behind it. And she would confess today that she wasn't always right, but I'll remind you that God always is. He never misses a single word, right? Including the ones we don't even say. The words that we say to ourselves. He knows well that out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaks, Matthew chapter 12. You know, as David took all this in, and as you work your way through these verses, and it's just an amazing chapter to spend some time in, when he began to realize that, that God knew every move that he made, every thought and every place that he went, every word, he was overwhelmed. Look at verse 6, it says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. He's really saying the fact that you... You knew, you, that, that you know me, that you know it all. It's just beyond me. I can't fully understand it, God. I just can't take it in. 
It is too overwhelming. It is out of my reach. But it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'd like you to see something here. And Pastor read these verses here, verses 23 and 24. But I love the transition that happens in this text because you move from this realization, and we shared these four things that David began to realize about the fact that God knew him, the depth of God's knowledge of him. And he's saying, God, I understand you really know me. But he transitions from a realization now to an invitation where he says, God, I want you to know me. That's pretty profound. God, I want you to know me. Have you ever said that? Listen to verses 23 and 24 again. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. As you can imagine, I travel quite a bit. Matter of fact, I'll be in Dallas pretty quick. I'll be heading to Australia soon for our 50th anniversary there. So I fly a lot and and so I kind of know how to navigate the country pretty well and actually the world and airplanes, the whole works. In fact, I just passed a million miles on United, among other airlines. And so I've learned a lot of tricks to get through airports very quickly. And one of the things that I've done is I've registered with uh, Global Entry. If you don't know, that's a way to get into the country quickly with, uh, you know, you just basically are putting your eyes up to something or putting your fingerprints there and they know who you are. It's kind of scary too, but... I'm also part of the TSA pre-check and so on, and so I can get through security. And But I just have to confess that I do not enjoy being scanned and x-rayed and, and prodded and pushed and all that, all that happens. And so I don't know what it was, but I was traveling out of Albany, I think, six times in a row. And they did this random check on me every single time. I find, so is, it my, is my name in your database or something? What's happening? I mean, I'm pre-check, I'm global entry. We're sorry, sir, we got to check you. And so you put your arms out, and they're patting you down, you know, checking you, you all out. And they put you through the scanning machine. Then they open my suitcase, pulling out things, you know, underwear and socks, and it's all spread out, all, and testing my hands to see if, they, see if there's any bomb residue in my hands. It's not fun. But I appreciate the fact that they're being careful. However, if I had a choice, I would never walk up to the TSA checkpoint there in Albany and say, okay, I've arrived. You need to check me out. I'm telling you, I may have something dangerous on me. You need to come and check me. I would would never do that. But as crazy as it sounds, that's really what David's doing right here. He's saying, God, I know you know all these things about me, every detail of my life, but God, I invite you to know me. Search me. Test me and try me. And what he does is he really opens himself up before God and basically says, God, here I am. Check me out. Every part of me. Now to you as you sit here today and sometimes as we get immersed in things we shouldn't get involved in and think wrong thoughts and have wrong motivations to say, man, that's not not a good thing to do. I mean, that could be a little scary, a little convicting, right? And it can be, and it should be. That's part of, I think, the application of God's omniscience. But it also should be incredibly encouraging, right? God's omniscience, the fact that he knows everything, should be incredibly encouraging. As I wind down here this morning, I, I thought about some applications as we think about God's 
omniscience, the fact that he knows everything about us. How should it encourage you? Number one, it should encourage you that God is intimately interested in you. And he cares about the details of your life. Honestly, even when it seems like no one else cares, you ever get into a relationship that seems so one-sided, begin to wonder, man, are these people really care? God cares. God is interested in your life, in your story, your situation, what you're going through right now. One of the first verses I memorized as a child was 1 Peter 5, 7. I love this verse. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That's incredibly encouraging. Number two, God's omniscience should encourage you to be completely transparent and open with God. Now, if you ever thought about this before, but really confessing and making things right with God as we need to do on a regular hourly basis, minute by minute. But it's easier when you understand that God already knows it all, right? You don't have to cover things up. You can complete. God knows your issues. He knows your shortcomings. He knows the ugliness of your heart. Admit your sins, those ugly choices. Confess it to him. I, I was reading this morning, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, right? And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't deceive yourself. God already knows. He knows what's going on. Just come clean saying, God, here I am. Search me out. Test me. And I love the fact that God knows everything about us and he forgives. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Another verse from Psalm, Psalm 103, verse 12. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us. Isn't that awesome? We are forgiven and we can come clean. God knows what's going on right here. So the third thing I wrote down here, number three, God's omniscience should encourage you that he knows exactly, exactly, precisely what you need at, at the right moment. He knows when you lack resource. He knows when you lack strength. It's a funny story, funny now, but I look back when I was in seminary. I was at Dallas Seminary many years ago, just at my 30th reunion, talking about 30 years again. But it was uh, interesting. I remember a weekend, and I was working in a church on the weekends and, and uh, really struggling because I didn't have, in this particular weekend, any money, and they didn't serve food on campus over the weekend. So I was about ready to just have a few crackers and peanut butter. That was it. And I remember on a Saturday morning as I was having my quiet time saying, Lord, I'm pretty frustrated. And I said, Lord, you know that I, I'm at a place where I just, I'm working hard, working nights, work till 2 o'clock in the morning, cleaning buildings, that kind of thing to try to make ends meet. And I said, Lord, I just, I can't even write a letter to my fiance. I in frustration to God that morning. So I went to my mailbox and opened up that box, and I saw a letter from my grandmother. I thought, oh, man, she has sent me money. And I opened it up. You know what was in there? A whole lot of stamps. I thought, isn't that ironic? <laughs> God, why didn't I pray for money? And why am I praying for stamps in my frustration? But what a reminder that God knows. He knew what, knew what I had just said to him that morning. And sent me stamps. Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need, not just, not your wants, but your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
Another thing comes to mind as we think about the fact that God is all-knowing. It really should encourage you that he is fully aware when the spiritual battle is raging and he protects you. Some commentators and scholars, as you read, particularly verse 5, they believe that's partly what's in mind here. It says here, you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. And so really the idea here is, David says, man, I feel like I'm kind of hemmed in. It's almost a military terminology here that's happening here. Kind of uh, captured, if you will. Nothing, Nothing really comes out that God doesn't know, but also nothing comes in that God doesn't know either, right? Nothing penetrates. God protects. He's aware when the enemy is after us. And that's constant, isn't it? God's fully aware. He knows that the battle is raging. Let me give you one last one here. Number five, God's omniscience should encourage you that God is fully aware of your future. And he has a great plan ahead for your life. Sometimes we wonder, right? We've got doubts. As we walk through life. Man, God, I'm not sure about this. I don't know what your, your plan is. I don't know who wrote this, but someone said, my unknown future is in the hands of the all-knowing God. Don't you love that? We can trust him. Yeah, I love God's message to the exiles in Babylon in Jeremiah 29. Very famous verse. Sometimes you'll see it on plaques. And does this verse apply to us today? It's a yes and no, and I think it's really confirmed as you read through. I was reading last night in Romans chapter 8. You find uh, very similar concepts in verse 8. It says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. What an encouragement. David didn't see God's omniscience, the fact that he was all-knowing as as a paralyzing thing, as a limiting thing. Instead, what he saw it as as a protection God knowing everything wasn't a negative thing or a limiting thing, but instead it was a clear indication. He knew, wow, God, you're interested in me and you love me. Charles Spurgeon wrote these words. He said, divine omniscience affords no comfort to the ungodly mind. Imagine how the world looks at the fact that God knows everything. Talk about scary. But he says this, but to the child of God. It overflows with consolation. In plain English, God's omniscience is very, very encouraging. And we can live with excitement and enthusiasm and encouragement knowing that God does, in fact, know everything. God knows every move that you make. God knows every thought that you think. God knows every place that you go. God knows every word that you speak. And as David says, wow, God, that is beyond me. It is unbelievable. It is amazing. And it's true. And what an encouragement.